If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your work shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of God. Sometimes. Amen. Well, my friends, Psalm 145 is a psalm of David in celebration of all that God has done and for all that God is. This is the last of the seven alphabetical psalms and the psalm before the hallelujah psalms, the last five psalms of the Psalter or the book of Psalms. Psalm 145 is one of the most beautiful hymns in all the Psalter. Some in the Jewish tradition sung this psalm twice before the Shema each morning and once at night as a sign that you were a child of the world to come. This psalm is also an acrostic, which is a poetic device where the first verse begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the second verse with the second letter, and so on to the close, and the last verse being the last Uh, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. But, my friends, this is not only a beautifully written song, tradition-rich, a song that could be 
very incredibly beneficial to dive into on a day-to-day -day basis for beauty's sake and beauty's sake alone. But it is also a thought-renewing and heart-shaping song that is meant to transform us. Family, that's my aim today. That's where I'm going. I hope by the time I'm done with this, uh, by the time I'm done with this, y'all, I hope that you are renewed in your heart, renewed in your mind, and that a God-centered praise that flows out of us naturally and goes and has ripple effects to the next generation will come because of the way we meditated on the song today. I'm talking about an everyday, day by day, and for all eternity praise that shakes our city, nation, and world. But before we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds, I think we need to pray. Right, church? Don't we need God's help? We need God's help to be transformed. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word today. Lord, to sit behind your word today and to be challenged to praise you every day and forever and ever. Lord, I am so grateful that we get an opportunity to praise you forever and ever because of the work of Jesus Christ. And Father, I am so grateful that I sit in a room full of saints who say this together, that we will praise you forever and ever. So Father, would you, would you bless this time and would you renew our spirits and our hearts and minds? In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, there's so many reasons why we should praise the Lord. Let me give you some reasons from our text as to why we should praise the God of David and our God. And then I want to close looking at verse 4. We'll zoom in on that. It's been stirring my soul. It's so incredible, and I, I pray it stirs yours as well. If not, I guess I'll be up here the one praising by myself. It'll be all right. <laughs> Thanks, John Mark. <laughs> Psalm 145, verses 1 through 3 read like this. I will extol you. My God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Unsearchable. My first point, God is King, and a great King at that, with an everlasting kingdom. Verses 1 through three, 3 really expound on this. The psalm begins with the psalmist's individual words of praise and blessing for the king. While the idea of God as king is expressed in many of the Psalters, this one here and in Psalm 98.6 are the only ones that say he is the king. The king. Psalmist, the psalmist opens up by stating his determination. And to praise God daily and enthusiastically forever. Did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? It starts with him saying, I'm going to praise my king. And it's not, oh, I'm going to praise my king. It's my God and my king, whom I praise forever and ever. That's the God he's talking to. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. 
he uses words like praise and exalt and extol because he wants to display that he gets the best of my worship. Notice in verse 1 and 2 it says, I will. The psalmist is a master writer. As he's saying this, he's saying this personally. I will. Okay. I will praise the Lord. But he's also inviting everyone who is going to say this with him into it. So when you start off, you say, I will. You're entering into a covenant community saying, I will bless the Lord. I will extol him. I will praise him forever and ever. The psalmist says, yes, he's praising himself, but our faith is communal. And therefore, the invitation for you today is this. Commit to praise the Lord with us, us together. Commit to praise with the rest of the saints. We praise the Lord together. And we do it because of his mighty works and wonderful works. Now, sometimes you hear from the world, right? Doesn't it get old exalting your God? That's boring. And what is the answer, church? Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. I like to hear that. Who said no, sir? You got my heart straight, man. You got my heart straight. No, sir. Why? Because his greatness is unsearchable. For some, this is unsettling. Some people act like they are afraid to trust God because his greatness is unsearchable. But not, not David. Not David. And though he can't fully know everything about God, He's ready to trust him still. He knows God's character. He knows stories from his fathers and from his father's fathers and his father's father's fathers about God's faithfulness to them. Exodus is clearly being pointed to here in our text. But David also is a man who knows some testimonies, correct? You guys, you guys remember all the stories? He was clearly outmatched in every single physical category. But then the Lord said, go ahead and go. And he goes, and he's not afraid because the Lord is on his side. And so David, David, a mighty man of the Lord, walks in front of a huge giant and slays him with a little stone. Guys, a man full of war know, knows. Sometimes, y'all, sometimes I, I don't know. Have you guys ever watched like war movies? And, and recently I've been watching The Lord of the Rings. And any time I watch anybody who makes it through a battle like that, I'm just like, how in the world? There's boulders flying everywhere. There's arrows being shot everywhere. People getting stabbed left and right. It's just like, how in the world did you make it through? I, I don't get it. That must have been crazy, terrifying. But God was with him. And God was with him. And so he knew that his greatness was unsearchable. And he knew that God's kingdom was a kingdom that could not be shaken. God's kingdom is on a different level, y'all. He knows God's kingdom triumphs over all kingdoms. And is an everlasting kingdom in nature. He has heard too much and he has seen too much. 
like an OG from the streets. You know what I'm saying? An OG in the streets, they seen some stuff. They, they not shaken by some, you know, a little bullet, straight bullet or something like that flying. They just, they just chill, right? This is the kind of faith David has. He's unshaken. He is unshaken. He's heard too much and seen too much. God did some miraculous things for him, church, right? This is why the psalmist says he is greatly to be praised in verse 3. Greatly to be praised. Church, has he done miraculous things in your life? Do you think he's worthy to be greatly praised? I think so. So, David, penning this song, is giving everything he's got, not just a little bit. Everything he's got, he's going to praise the Lord. You can see the determination, and it's on a day-to-day thing. Every day, I'm going to praise. I'm going to exalt. I'm going to extol. And again, he is inviting us, church, will we be a family of God? who praise and exalt and extol day by day. We can start right where we're at. We can start right where we're at, right here and right now. For all of eternity, we will marvel at his greatness anyways, right, church? But we can start here today. Why can we start here today? John 17.3 is like my go-to. Anytime I think about the nature of being able to worship God and think and think and worship like I am going to one day in heaven. That's the verse for me. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. If we know the Father through the Son, then we can get a little foretaste now of the praise that we'll be doing all eternity. But Brother Jared I ain't feeling down right now. Brother Jared, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really want to. There are other things I'd rather spend my life doing than praising God, TBH. Or Brother Jared, I hear what you're saying, but I'm a little discouraged. I'm feeling some kind of way about praising God right now. My friends, if you are rejecting the Lord today or you find yourself in a place where you're discouraged or even just flat out apathetic or blank, then you are in the right passage today. You're in the right passage. Don't know if you can make it? Then just know there is grace for you. And I... The answer for you should be to praise. And you can, if you're discouraged, to continue to praise because of some of these next truths. I'm about, to, I'm about to download. You guys ready? You ready? Here we go. Second point, our God is good and faithful. 
Verse 9 says, God is good. But it doesn't just say to us, it says to all. God is good to all. You mean good to all? Yeah. You mean mercy to all? Yeah. God is good to all, not just some, but everybody. Do you got breath in your lungs? Hey, God's good to you. Do you do you got a coat on right now? Or a nice warm shirt? God is good to you. Especially in this cold. God has been good to us in so many ways. Jesus knew this. In Matthew 5, 45, he says, For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And while we were at our worst, Jesus Christ died for us, for you and I. So you can trust that God is being patient with you if you're the person who is rejecting him today. God is with you. Whether you like it or not, he's very present and near. And he wants to be very, even nearer to you. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But his patience doesn't last forever. God is very able to destroy. You see that verse in verse 20? Which means that everything that is evil about this world will not last. Including people who ultimately refuse to draw near to him. God is merciful to all and gives good things to all. He is slow to anger, verse 8. But there is a day when his patience is abused and God the destroyer comes. And that's a sad day for some. Good day for others. And he will be right in doing so. He's never wrong. Verse 17 says, he is righteous in all his ways. Even his judgments are righteous. So if you are flat out rejecting him today, I plead with you, give him his due praise. You need to get on the side of truth while you still are catching sun rays and rain showers. Speaking the truth, God is near to him, all who call on him in truth. Verse 18 says, and that is so good of God, right? Why? You can receive the nearness of God and all his benefits if you just simply humble yourself before him and call out to him in integrity, which would be a better rendering of the word truth here. If you come with a sincere heart, that's it, a sincere heart, and rend your heart to him and give your heart to him, that's all you have to do, and God will draw near to you. So if you're today and you're here and you're just like, man, I don't really want God. Man, I want to encourage you, give your life to him. Or if you're somebody who's just like, ah, that doesn't seem like fun. Rededicate your life to Jesus today. He wants to be near to you. He will be near to you. But if you are discouraged like many of us are, wait, there's even more reasons to pray, y'all. There's more reasons to praise. Let me give you some. I'm about to rapid fire. Here we go. God supports those who are falling, verse 14. God lifts up those who are bowed down. Are you feeling burdened, heavy laden? Come to Jesus, he will hold you up. 
God gives food, verse 15. God opens his hands, which means he generously gives, and he satisfies the desires of every living thing, verse 16. He also fulfills the desires of those who fear him, which means God gives everything we need. And then, y'all, I love this. He preserves, verse 20, which is beautiful because for those in Christ, you are the salt to the earth, but God is your salt preservative. Think about that. You are doing the work of salting the earth and preserving and keeping the rod at bay, but God is salting you. God will preserve you. So you don't have to worry. You, all you have to do is, in your discouragement, keep on loving Jesus and watch how he preserves your praise. Go ahead, be free to take a baby step of praise today. If you come in here and you're like, man, uh, you take a little baby step. Little baby step of praise. God, I love you. I want to worship you today. It's a hard though. It's stuff in my life. Somebody just passed away in my family. I'm going to take a baby step today and say you're good. And God will preserve your praise to the very end. The best thing about this is that David has a, a view of praise that is not just carnal and temporal. It's not a fight that we have to continue to fight to the end and then we die and it's over. But the praise that we do now is exactly what we're going to be doing forever. Forever. It's a simple but profound truth. Through his great acts, God reveals himself as gracious, compassionate, patient, slow to anger, and loving. But the word for here, for love, is hesed. And some of you guys watch Bible Project stuff and stuff like that, or you've heard John Mark preach where he says hesed, which is connected to steadfast love and a covenant love. The word hesed here is used to connect us to a thought process in which we see a married partner with a spouse, a covenant partner with one another. See, verse 15 says that all people look to him and receive their food. So David, in his trajectory, trajectory is getting us to see that we, are, that the whole world should worship and praise him. But there's something even deeper than that in this, in this song. All creation should praise the Lord, but the psalmist is also inviting something deeper, deeper, deeper. And as God's people, we celebrate on the deep end of the pool, right? Just that, that you know, even saying that, that makes me think about me jumping off a diving board into the water of God's love. Man, God's love is good, y'all. His covenant is everlasting as well. And we get to celebrate his loyal love. God meant it when he passed by Moses 
and said in Exodus 34, 6, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Do you believe God is faithful? God is a covenant keeping God. And ultimately, David is celebrating something that we, we get an opportunity as a church today to celebrate that he never got to while he was on this earth. Does this remind you of anyone, church, the, the things of God, upholding people who are bowed down, taking care of the weak, giving food to anybody and everybody? Who does it remind you of? Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Jesus is the great king whose kingdom has no end. Ephesians 1, 20 and 21 says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. What validated the, his kingship is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is now seated far above everything and everyone in rule and rank. Jesus is our great king and his kingdom has no end. Jesus is also good. Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls himself that, who takes care of his sheep. He is the one who makes our burdens light. He lifts us up when we're bowed down. Jesus is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Jesus also came near in his incarnation when he came from heaven down to earth and took on human flesh, God full in deity and man. He is, he is near to all who call on him in truth. Jesus says in John 4, verses 23 through 25, but the hour is coming and now is here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, and I love this, y'all. <laughs> I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus responds. Jesus said to her, I, will, I who speak to you am he. And this morning, I, 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 I had to share this with y'all. I don't always share everything. Chauncey actually told me one time, and it was a really good word, y'all. Sometimes you, when you're in your word by yourself, some things you keep to yourself between you, you and the Lord. But this one I want to share with you, okay? You guys ready? Yeah. The woman at the well, after hearing this, and I love The Chosen, y'all. If y'all haven't watched The Chosen, watch The Chosen. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> because the woman at the well had a water jar. And as soon as she heard that, what'd she do? <laughs> and she took off. She had like Nikes on her sandals or something, and she was gone. <laughs> And she started praising the Lord. 
And she went to all the people in her area. And she started praising the Lord. Come see the person who told me everything I ever did. Come see. Come see. It didn't say how she did it. Hey, this is something extra for you. It didn't say how she did it. It didn't say that she went and she went to the highest place and stood on a platform and said, hey, come, hey, come see the man who told me. And everybody went out in flocks like that. Or she could have went and said, hey, um, this man told me everything I ever did. Come see. Went to the next house. Come see what, what Jesus told me, the Messiah. Doesn't matter. Your personality been. Your platform doesn't matter. She, all she did was turn and start praising. Ran, told her friends everything that Jesus had ever told her. And guess what the results were? People started coming out in flocks to Jesus, y'all. Man. Man, if we just start praising the Lord, we just start praising the Lord together. Man, look what God can do. Guys, I don't know if you know this. Some of these guys who are here today planted a church. There weren't that many people in the room with them when they started worshiping and praising. Look at what, what is, what's going on right now. There's people who've been converted to Christ, who, who've come to Jesus through simple praise in, a, in, in Chauncey's living room. Praise the Lord. Our praise can change things. Amen? Amen. Amen. That was extra. I didn't even have that in my nose. But back to Jesus, who initiated this whole interaction. Jesus came down, condescended, came to us, and to draw near to us. And now God lives in us even closer, and God knows us better than we even know ourselves sometimes. God, indeed, is very near to those who call on him and call on him in truth. That is a very good thing, indeed. Amen, church? Jesus is faithful. And, that, and last but not least, this is like a crucial thing. Because if Jesus was not faithful, we could not praise. We could spend hours talking about Jesus' faithfulness. In so many areas of his life and his ministry. But church, what we praise most is the fact that Jesus was faithful to the end to endure the cross on our behalf. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And when we meditate on these things, like the psalmist in verse 5 says, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. When we meditate on these things, we get invited into deeper and deeper praise every single day. Every day. And so this is our, this is our invitation. Let's look at verse 4. This is the verse I was talking about that God's been stirring in my heart. One generation shall commend your works to another 
and shall declare your mighty acts. Here's our invitation. Will you flow with the current of forever praise? With the praise of salvation history? Or will you swim against it? Wherever you are, why don't you just come now to participate in the praise that will last forever from one generation to another and another and another? One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. This means our praise is not only beneficial to us, but is beneficial to others as well. In fact, our praise validates to others the convictions that we have. The next generation sees it and they say, mm, their God is good. Their God is faithful. Their God is trustworthy. That's what they say. I say praise because the Hebrew probably should render in English, one generation shall praise your works to another instead of commend. Hey, back in the Old Testament, fathers and mothers were told by God to teach their kids the commandments of God. You look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. In the New Testament, we were given a commission as God's ambassadors to go into all the world and make disciples. We have to balance this, of course, with God's regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. We are not the saviors of the world. God is. But we have been given the opportunity to participate in what God is doing through our praise. God made us and is making us a people of praise. What kind of people will we be for the next generation, church? When people see us, what will they see? Charles Spurgeon, and then I'll, I'll close, a well-known 19th century London Baptist preacher, while reflect, reflecting on verse 4 and the declaration side of verse 4, Spurgeon asked this question, and I thought it was really important, and I want you to hear this, y'all. What would be the effect of our talking more of Christ's kingdom and power? He had several points. But this one seemed right for our meditation today. It was his first point. He says, the first effect will be that the world will believe us more. The world says, what a parcel of hypocrites Christian people are. And they are right concerning a good many of you. That's a hard word from Spurgeon. Spurgeon was, <laughs> he was bold, wasn't he? <laughs> He is right concerning a good many of you. The world says, why, just look at them. They profess a deal of religion. But if you hear them talk, they do not speak differently from other people. They sing loudly enough, it is true, when they go to church or chapel. But when, when do you hear them sing at home? They go to the prayer meeting. But have they a prayer meeting at their own family altar? Believe them to be Christians? No. Their lives give the lie to their doctrines, and we do not believe them. And then he finishes by saying, if we often are talked of Christ, I am sure the world 
would think us to be better Christians, and they would no doubt say so. In other words, who do they see in our homes, in our classrooms, dental and medical facilities, our offices, and on our streets? Do they see Christ in our day-to-day interactions? Is praise the fruit of our lives? Maybe being people of praise should be of high value for our discipleship goals, y'all, and metrics for maturity and character. Just a thought. Maybe we should add that to our, our discipleship agenda, Clay. Teaching one-on-one. Praise. Or something like that. I don't know. We, we need to be people of praise. I know it's been a tough and rough couple of years, y'all. But fam, we got a lot, I mean a lot, to be praising the Lord for. Amen? An eternity's worth to praise. More so than this psalmist could have ever seen. Just the fact that our sins have been forgiven is enough to praise Jesus about for an eternity. But we have the opportunity to start right here today right where we are, and start praising. What I'm not prescribing is some method or a specific way to praise. Don't hear me that. But instead, I'm asking you to consider a posture, a heart bend towards praising God no matter what, with a willingness to do so. What I'm also saying is, what if we took seriously the words of Jesus in Matthew 6.34? What if we didn't worry about tomorrow's problems so much? And instead, focused on praising God every day. And when we fail, what if we went back to the daily praise that could loose the bonds that ensnared us the day before? What if we simply passed our praise day by day to others around us? Maybe the next generation will praise, like verse 7, pouring forth the fame of his abundant goodness and singing aloud, of his righteousness. Maybe then our world will be one for Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we get an opportunity right now to respond to your word here by singing in praise to you and then going out into the world today and the rest of the week and practicing it where day by day we look up to you and we behold your beauty and goodness and your majesty and power and glory and we say you're worth it. I'm going to praise you today with all my dealings, with all my heart. I'm going to give it all to you. And Father, I, I really pray that, Lord, as we do that, Lord, you would, you would be speaking to us, you would teach us, you would transform our minds and hearts and continue to make us people on the, go- the, the journey towards being fully who we were always meant to de- be, which is praising you forever and ever. Father, we need a lot of help in that. Lord, we need your grace. Lord, I fail so often. My friends, I know they fail so often. Lord, would you, would you season us with a lot of grace in this next season? And Father, help us to be the people you call us to be in Jesus' name. Amen.